Hello, I'm Sinead. And I'm Brian. Each week we introduce each other to a film that we love. If the other's not equally enamoured, it could mean the end of our 22-year relationship. Warning, there will be spoilers, swearing and undoubtedly arguments. This is Reasons to Dump You. Hello, Sinead. Hello, Brian. Hello, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. I've got a little bit of a sore throat, but I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, I can hear that. Mm, I can hear that. Mm, That's not cool. Mm. Not cool. I hope you've COVID tested. I have, multiple times. Absolutely fine. Excellent work. Excellent. That's good. Even though we have got a sheet of plastic between us. Obviously, at all times. Yeah. That's the way we like to... uh, Rock and roll. Yeah, that's just our relationship in general. So let me crack straight on. As our listeners may not be aware, this is the last episode of this series before we move on to series two. Very exciting. 20 episodes down. Very exciting. Very exciting. So I have decided, because I have the joy of being the last episode on this series, I've given you, Sinead, a classic. An absolute bloody well, you, classic. Well, you claim everything that you've given me so far as oh, a no, classic, no. so but I'm not sure about that. you will see why. This one really means something. I am This one really means... What, more than uh, Street fight what the hell was it called why can't i remember the name of that film that was it blood sport right anyway yes i'll I'll give you my clues and then we'll i'll tell you why this one is the ultimate the ultimate one for the end of this series it's definitely the ultimate one and uh recent events have brought it to the forefront and um that's where they're going to stay and i'm just going to do it okay clues clue one this film was made in 1979 Excellent, And it's a Stephen King adaptation. So it was a book he wrote in 1975. This is an adaptation of one of his books. So we're doing another Stephen King film? Yes. Okay, continue. As far as I'm aware as well, as part of that fact, I think it may have been part of a two-part miniseries. Okay. But I need you to look that up because it says it is, then you look it up and I can't find the second part. So whether this was originally done as two parts and then blended together, I don't know. Okay. But it is a film in its own right. Okay. You've, 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 you've surprised me with this. I know. I'm, I thought I would. I'm, I all, I would. I'm all of a flutter now. So the book was 1975. Okay. Yeah, the film, film is 1979. Yeah. Clue two. Yeah. This film stars David Soule and James Mason. I know, took it out for a combination, eh? Starsky and Hutch, I don't know which one he was. Was he Hutch or Starsky? I don't know, but one he was the one, one with, the the other, with the cardigan and the beautiful blonde hair. Yeah, okay. Third clue? Third clue. And I technically have four clues, but clue four is kind of more of a personal You clue. don't like sticking to the rules with these clues at all, do you? Three well, clues. I can do, and we'll just drop clue four. That's right. <laughs> I'm on, defensive. Clue three. Clue three. There's a remake or a re-envisioning Coming yeah. out later this year from Warner Brothers and New Line Cinema. It doesn't have a UK release date yet, but it's coming out oh, in the US in September. And seems to have no one of note in it. And I don't mean that in a rude way to anyone. Who yeah, isn't. it just doesn't have like a huge big yeah. cast. I mean, I'm just going to name a random Stephen King book because I genuinely have no idea what this is. Go for it. I will go with Pet Cemetery. No. So, I'm going to give you one more clue. Okay. Okay, this is the uber clue. Okay, this, will give this it is going to reveal it all. This is going to be the one. This film had the biggest effect on me of any film I've ever watched in my entire life. What? And this will be the first time I've seen it since I was 11 or 12, out of choice. Okay. 
There's something in my head that that, that that says there's something about a kid tapping at a window. You're right on it. Because you've said that to me before, but I don't know you what are right the film on it. is. It scared the shit out of me. Is it something about me. vampires? It is. It scared the shit out of me as a kid. It's a 15 when it came out. <laughs> I saw it when I was about 10 or 11. I can't remember exactly how old. <laughs> I don't know. You're going to have to tell me. Salem's Lot. Salem's Lot. Honestly, I haven't seen that film for about 30 years. It gave me vamp nightmares for about three years. I don't trust windows. I don't like noises. <laughs> it's about I time I pulled the plaster and had another look. Let's do it. What if you're terrified again? What, what if, if we... I am? Mm. We're going to have to live with that, Sinead. I mean, it's a 15, so we should be okay. I'm hoping so. I do have the mental capacity of probably nine-year-olds. I so. will sit by the window for this one and keep you safe. Thanks. Okay, I'm quite excited now. I know, right? Yeah. It's great. Yeah. So we're going to go and watch it. It's on Amazon Prime. It's on Apple. It's on all those thingamajiggamies. All those things. All um, those places. But you do have to pay for it. I warn you now. Could you can't you? get it for free, I don't think. Unless, of course, you can find it somewhere. And I'm sure some of you can. Anyway, let's go and watch it. And we'll be back in approximately six and three quarter seconds. Bye. Bye. And we're back. Oh, 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 oh. oh yes. That now, was meant to be a creepy, kind of scary, kind of Oh, I was on vibe. the edge of my seat. On the edge of my seat yeah. over here. You jumped a little bit, didn't you? I did a little bit. So let me start off with saying the problem about the miniseries question is now solved. Yes. Shall I elaborate on that? Please do. So, this was originally... A two-part miniseries. It was. And then blended together to create the film we've just watched, which meant we ended up watching three hours and two minutes. <laughs> yes, we did. Once David Soul and James Mason. Once upon a time in Salem's Lot. I feel like um, you did not watch both parts of this when you were a kid. I feel like maybe you saw one bit of it, one I'm half of it. I'm really not sure because I remember most of that. Oh, really? Yeah, so... I don't know whether they watched two parts. I, I don't know. All I know is I should have rewatched it again like 25 years ago and saved myself a lot of heartache. So you're not still terrified? No. <laughs> no. You've gone through all those years being terrified of this little tap, tap, tap at the window. I still find that horrible. That, but is, that is creepy. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, before we get into it, would you like to give me a synopsis? I would, because I'm always ready. And, uh, you know. Like the bunny. Exactly. So the synopsis this week is coming from Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes. Because the one on IMDb made no sense. Okay. So, based on the Stephen King novel, Ben Mears, David Soul, has returned to his hometown of Salem's Lot to write a book about the supposedly haunted... Marston House that resides on a hill overlooking the small town. His project is curtailed, however, when he finds out that someone has bought the long empty property. But when people around the Marston House start dying mysteriously, Mears discovers that the owner of the mansion is actually a vampire who is turning them into an army of undead slaves. Dun, 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 dun. Salem's Lot, where no one rests in peace. Oh, I like that. I know. That was one of my favourite taglines I found. Oh, cool. There was quite a few, but that one particularly jumped out at me. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, 
first things first, there's something very familiar and comforting about a Stephen King story. 100%. And I think it's partly because he all, well, I won't say always, but because quite often they're set in this kind of recognisable, familiar kind of small town environment. And the American, the fact that it's American always really appeals to me. Yeah. I would move to Salem. I would move to Salem's lot. Well, that's what worried me because, yeah, as soon as I started watching it, I thought, yeah, I'd live here. Yeah, exactly. This looks cool. Yeah. I like it. It's a population of 2,000 people, yet it appears to have a significant school. Yeah. It has a cafe that's open all day. Mm -hmm. It appears to have um, a realtor, like an estate agent, Mm. has an antique shop. Mm -hmm. Uh, It has a plumber firm. It has a a removal firm. It has a very large B&B. It has... um, an extensive cemetery, <laughs> it, it seems to hold it all. So we're going to move there? I think we should. Let's head to Salem's Lot. Let's do it. Why not? I don't care. And, and, sorry, but I want his Jeep. I'm going to buy a Jeep. I'm going to paint it that colour. I'm going to put doors on it that don't quite work. Yeah, they didn't. And I want to drive around it. He did like seem to struggle closing them quite but a bit, But I like the fact the director clearly went, this car's dog shit, but we're going to make it work. Just the door doesn't close. Make it a thing. Get annoyed with it. The door doesn't close. Mm, it's, a, it's a character trait. I think so. Uh, director. So, Toe Pooper is the director of Salem's Lot. So, Toe Pooper. So, Toe Pooper. Did it come out like that? Toe Pooper. Tobe. Gap. Huh? Hooper. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It sounds like um, Toe Pooper. <laughs> toe Pooper. Um, obviously, director of Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Obviously. Poltergeist. Obviously. Um... I really enjoyed it. I thought he did a really good job. I'm not saying it needed to be three hours and two minutes. No, but it was a miniseries. Exactly. So, I mean, the fact that they've tacked it together like that was one thing. But it didn't feel like three hours. No, it went it went by quite quickly, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, it felt like two, mm. but it did not feel like three hours. Mm. I mean, I think it's weird, isn't it? Because one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was the fact that it was a miniseries and then obviously blended together yeah. to, to create this film epic that we watched yeah and i just kind of thought most of us now binge watch series yeah that's true so like stranger things has just come out i'm sure people have binged the whole bloody thing already yeah so it's not inconceivable that you wouldn't sit and binge watch this if it came out now oh totally but i didn't get the vibe that i would that i would necessarily want to if i was watching it in in parts. Does that make sense? No. I feel like it worked and it kind of, it all sort of fitted together perfectly, but you could tell where, you know, ad breaks might have sat or, um, you know, the first part might have finished and the second part started. And I feel like I'm not entirely convinced I would have binged the whole thing i would have gone back and watched it but i'm not sure i would have binged the whole thing i mean okay yeah i get what you're saying there were only two parts so to mm. binge the whole thing would have been quite easy mm. Mm. okay two things two things but two i thought this was like the horror version of murder she wrote because of the fades to black you don't you don't get that anymore mm. you know you don't get this fade to black you don't 
the music's very dramatic, the sort of cheap scenery that was very television at mm. the time, mm. even though it works brilliantly. And I, I want to talk about the production design on this because I thought the production design on this was fantastic. Mm. They had a good budget. I have to say. Um, but yeah, it kind of had that small community, Murder, She Wrote, a writer in town, everybody's dying um, thing going on that is very 70s and kind of probably is why actually when I was watching it, I was like, I love this. I mean, this has been a thing that's been scaring me since I was like 10. Well, it's, it's that one thing. It. The, so let's cut to the chase here. The one thing that has been scaring you about this since you were 10 is literally the vampiric floating kid at the window tapping to be let in. That's what actually freaks you out. Yeah, no, it does. But I also picked up on a couple of other things. Ooh. Well, no, first of all, let me say, kid at the window was actually... Yeah, quite disturbing. Kid in the window's creepy as fuck. Quite disturbing. Right? Creepy as fuck. Mm. You know, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. Still, like, don't get me wrong, now I'm older, I can see it's a bit shit. So I'm like, I okay. Thought it, I didn't think it was that, you know, I didn't well, think it looked that bad. No, but the mist and the strings that the kid was clearly on or whatever. Wasn't you know. on strings. Wasn't on strings. It, they, they put them on a boom crane. Um, and they shot it in reverse to give it an extra eerie feeling. Nice. Because they didn't want to use strings because, yeah. Well, you can't go through a window on Yeah, but it's, and also it just wasn't going to look good. What else then was creeping you out? So at the very end, he okay. sets the house on fire. Yes. So the Marston house, which, yeah. is, which is where the vampires have come to. Yeah, yeah. He goes in at the end. <clears throat> he... Kills the Nosferatu-looking dude. Yeah. And I mean, that was one creepy-ass-looking dude. So don't tell me I wouldn't have got freaked out at that by that at 10 years old. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. And then he sets fire to the house. And you can hear people screaming mm. and yelling while mm. the house burns. Mm. And I mean, it burns. Mm. True. Also, there was a priest who apparently had no power against this devil. Yeah, he just yeah, grabbed yeah, his yeah. thing and, yeah. and took the priest. Grabbed his thing, his crucifix. Okay, yeah, his crucifix. <laughs> And and threw it on the floor and then turned him into a vampire. So all these things. And you've got to remember, I was about 10-ish. Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing. I, I love the fact this is going to get younger. I was about yeah, six. I was three. <laughs> no, I was about 10-ish. Yeah. I don't know. It could have been nine. It could have been 11. I don't know. Well, that's fine. 10-ish is fine. It's quite young and impressionable. Yeah. And I'm not going to name the person who I let me watch I this. I don't think you should. But... That particular person clearly wasn't a suitable guardian <laughs> in the evening. And it wasn't a relative. I just cleared that up. But, you know, I watched that. And to watch people burn, to watch someone like that Nosferatu do, yeah. to see kids scraping on windows that then like bite your neck and send you crazy, to watch a dog die the way the dog died. I think there was a lot more to it. Like when he jumped on top of the coffin, that's creepy. Yeah, no, that was really creepy. And um, I was watching all of this as a little kid. Yeah. And it was kids doing it. Yeah. And kids were your safe space when you were a kid. Granted, I don't think you should have been watching this. No. But that was that 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 would have been like the mid-80s, Brian. Oh, I agree. Anything went back then. However... Yeah, I know, right? Parents but, weren't so, uh, no. you know, in tune to what you should and shouldn't no. be watching. We all remember building sites by... <laughs> yeah, exactly. And if you haven't seen it, watch it. Um, it's on YouTube. There's danger everywhere. Yeah, but I think that was the thing. And what I should have done when I turned like 
16 was watched it again exactly and laughed my ass off but yeah. instead i decided to carry the harrowing fear mm-hmm. through to 46 and be brave enough today well well done i'm really proud of you that you that you faced this fear down i know and and you know what i think i'm gonna sleep like a baby <laughs> until until, uh, oh, yeah, I... until you start tapping <laughs> on the window and trust me i will kill you <laughs> dead You've already tried to baptise me once when I was asleep. That was an accident, I told you that. Yeah, we all flick holy water on our partners. No, but if we fall asleep holding a glass of water and it accidentally tips, you can't claim that it was a deliberate act of baptism. So why were you dressed like a priest and holding a rosary? I just like to do that now. (laughs) It's a little thing I like to do. So yeah, so let's talk about, if we can. Yes, please. Production design. Lovely. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to talk to you about that, yeah. Because I really would. So, oh... Part of the production design. Is it me? And you're going to tell me whether this is a fact or not. That's the fucking psycho house with an extension put on the side of it. It's not the psycho house. No. But it's very reminiscent of the psycho house. I agree with you. Yeah, I wrote down psycho and I've got another... It was even up on the hill like the psycho house. I've got another couple of Hitchcock comments. Um, No, it wasn't the psycho house. It was actually um, built uh, as a facade. So it was oh, built okay, so on it was a hill. Installed on the Hitchcock house. Well, I didn't find any fact that said it that said it was, but to yeah, me, it was very, very, very reminiscent. It was virtually identical. Yeah, um, but and yeah, they just built a facade and put it sort of on top of something else on a hill. And also, I love the fact that everything around it was dead. Like, the, like everywhere yeah. else, it was fine, but around that house, the trees were dead, the grass was dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything was dead. Yeah. Um, I love the fact that when David Soul was looking at the property, mm. staring at it early on, and he turned around and James Mason was there, mm-hmm. who I'm coming on to in a minute, mm-hmm. and James Mason just went, good evening. I thought, he's been looking at the psycho house. Oh, he's turned around at James Mason. That. And the only thing James Mason says to him is, he literally goes, good evening. Oh, that's and clever. And walks off. And I just thought, oh my God, that's oh, fantastic. I never even noticed that. Yeah, I totally noticed that. And I thought you had, because you started writing around that time. I might have just been writing something about the house um, yeah. because I agree with you. I thought I thought the house was full on psycho. Yeah. Um, even down to the cellar, um, yeah, you know, amazing. and the fact that, um, yeah, the vampire was down in the cellar like mother was in the fruit cellar. Yeah. So I thought, yeah, the whole thing. The other thing. Um, fast oh, I wonder if he said fruit cellar rather than root cellar at the end. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I didn't, because I, you know, when you said, where did he say the vampire is? And I went, I think he said the root cellar. Okay, makes more sense now that fruit it would be fruit cellar. Oh. Because, because it was exactly like, you know, yeah. where, where mother yeah, yeah. was. Um, the other, um, I'll, I'll say it now, because while well, I'm thinking of it. So the other Hitchcock, there was a few shots, quite a lot of, of kind of high shots yeah. hovering over moving. And I thought they were very Hitchcockian. Yeah. And also... Um, Near the end, when um, David Soul and the girls, baby David Soul, oh no, the girls, um, Susan, dad, go into the house to oh, yeah, yeah. to attack yeah. to to kind of kill. So they get to the to the end of the film and they realise that all you know the vampires are a breeding as such. Um, so they go to kill the Nosferatu type one, the main one, what the lead. They, they call they had a name, they the master. Him, the master. That was it. Um. When the dad goes up the stairs yeah. to search for the master or James Mason, it's Arbogast. Oh, yeah. It's Arbogast walking up. Totally, it was like yeah. literally like, yeah. but I was waiting for James Mason or someone to come running out yeah, and yeah, stab yeah. him back down the stairs because 
that was that was pretty much shot for shot, wasn't it? Oh, I mean, yeah, I think so. And they had the taxidermy everywhere. The taxidermy everywhere, yeah. Everywhere, which was brilliant. I thought the house was as creepy as fuck. I thought it was so brilliant. It was like there was moss everywhere inside the house. Yeah, well, it was very green, wasn't it? Yeah. It kind of had that green kind of tinge to it. So I thought, um, so I was thinking Psycho, Hitch. And then I was also thinking um, Texas Chain- Chainsaw Massacre, which makes sense because yeah. it was directed by Toe Pooper. But um uh, that house was giving me slightly disturbing, almost sexually unpleasant sort of Texas Chainsaw vibes yeah. as well. Yeah. So I thought the kind of the production, the design and the tone and the whole feel and the look of the film kind of blended this kind of Hitchcock with this more 70s graphic yeah. horror that was kind of about. Yeah. With a little bit of, yeah, kind of... German sort of Nosferatu, yeah. Caligari type thing, um, and a bit of Hammer as well. It was a bit Hammer horror-y in places. I thought. Yeah, yeah. I thought James Mason wouldn't have been out of place in a, in a sort of a Hammer film. Yeah, that I'm, kind of English gent that comes in. Yeah, I mean, I, I I will come back to him anyway. But all of the elements of the production design, I just thought were brilliant. Mm. I thought, even though it was very seventies, a lot of the. Um, sort of signage on the vans and the shops mm. and the bus was kind of 50s-ish to mm. show the naivety of the town. I loved Boom Boom Barbara or whatever her name was. Now, now Boom Boom Barbara, that was the lady... Boom Boom Bat... Was it Barbara or Boom Boom... Bear with me because I think I've got her name here. It was Boom Boom something. Oh, no, I don't have a name here. Yeah, anyway, it might have been Barbara. Her nickname was Boom she, Boom. She was the um, secretary to the real estate agent yeah. and having an affair with him. Yeah. And just even the little things, like, you know, you could tell straight away from the way they did her hair, the way her nails were done, everything. She was a good girl, if you know what I mean. She was a sexy lady. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, like, later on when she was wearing a little, was it turquoise hot pants suit? Thing? Yeah, it was kind of like, I don't know if you'd call it a play suit or not, but it was like little shorts. Yeah. And it was almost, it looked kind of like that velour-y material that was quite yeah. popular back in the yeah. 70s, Yeah, and it was just 80s. really done really well. Even little things like, I know it's a character thing, but it's also production design. The fact that her husband like was surrounded by cans and drinking beer and sitting around watching the telly in that big lumpy chair. It was disgusting. You kind of felt sorry for her and thought, do you know what? She's trying to be really nice to this lump. And he doesn't pay any attention to her. And yeah. she even makes that comment about, you know, you know what happens when you drink too much and yeah. I'd like to have a bit of fun tonight. Exactly. And it's like, dude, what's wrong with you? You are punching. Crack on. It was it was really well done. I just thought the production design was excellent. I thought David Soul's hair, whoever did the hair, <laughs> again, my God, that was amazing. Um, I loved his jewellery, his glasses. He felt like a bit renegade because he was driving that Jeep. Um, whereas everybody else had very normal cars, I thought, you know, I thought the the way they did the production design in the shop, the antique shop was fantastic, the production design, even in the sheriff's office and the houses. The only dodgy bit, I would say, mm. was, who was the little David Soul? <laughs> he was like a tiny version of David Soul. He was like a tiny version of David Soul. Um, what was his name? What was his name? Oh, da- David, I think. Anyway, the, this main character kid, um, his bedroom. Yeah. Sorry, his name was Mark. Uh, Sorry, Mark, Mark I Petrie. I didn't have a problem with his bedroom. Mm. It was massive. But it wasn't even that. It was just like, it was in dark red and it had a slopey roof. 
maybe it was up in the eaves. Maybe it was like the top floor. No, I didn't get that feeling. I got the feeling that the shots they were trying to do meant that you could see over the top of the set. So they just put a slope roof and cover it. Maybe. Because the dad would walk along the corridor, open the door, and there's this like door but there was massive slopey roof that's really high up so let's just linger on mark for for a, for a moment let's do that so yeah so mark is one of the kids in salem's lot and he ends up fighting the vampires with david soul yeah aka ben mears the uh the writer that's returned back to the town he left when he was 10 even though i thought the teacher said at the beginning you, you left when you were 11 yeah but a teacher might not know and <laughs> and 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 Nobody else in the town recognised him. No one. Well, you wouldn't know, would you? If a 10-year-old came back... Hello. Well, no one leaves, no one comes back. He comes back, he's got the name Ben Mears. He's the only person in the town that's ever made anything of himself. You'd think everyone would know about mm. him, even if they'd never met him. Mm. The old girl that Susan's dad was like, we used to watch her walking down the street, who he? Now, Susan's dad is older than David Soul, so why the hell didn't she remember at least the family or the family name? I don't know, Brian. You're going to have to take that up with um, the screenwriter, I would oh, say. Well, I'll take it obviously, up with you know, overlooked that. But what I was going to um, mention yeah. was um, so Mark's dad. Um, I I I did not like this this man, and you didn't seem to have an issue with him. Well, why Mark's dad? Yeah, I didn't have an issue with him at all. He didn't. He. You only like disliked him because the mother. Mm-hmm. The mother, who was one of your favourite actors of all time, was completely absent, didn't help completely raise him. Absent. She didn't have any interest in him at all. She never went up to his room. She never spoke to him. She sat downstairs and said, well, I don't think he should be going to the woods again, which is going to bring up another point. She didn't do anything, but you love that actress, so you would always defend her. I do love. That was Barbara Babcock uh, from Dr. Quinn. Amongst other things. Amongst many, many other things. Um, Including Return to Oz. No, she wasn't in Return to Oz. I thought she was. I thought she was her mum or her aunt. No, that was Piper Laurie, was Auntie M. It's because no. of the hair, isn't it? It's because of that no. tight, ringlety hair you got confused. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, we'll have a fight later. This is not really recording. Okay, well, well, but... well this is going to uh, yeah. This is gonna go in my notes. <laughs> I know. Um, no, that's not the reason that I disliked his father. Okay. I disliked his father because um, Mark was very much into... Um, old horror movies and magic and and, death. and well maybe death yeah, Why nothing not? at all worrying about watching your 14 year old boy sitting in his room playing with death toys rather than well going no outside. but his dad comes in and basically says oh when are you when are you gonna um, you know be too old for all this nonsense basically yeah. and then later up he comes and the only interaction he has is just very very negative basically like why are you playing with all these toys yeah. and then he says to him um you know, at least I make a money out of my. At least I make a living out of my interest. Because he, the Mark says to him, "Oh, you know, you like numbers. You became an accountant. Well, at least I can make a living out of that." So yeah. like, give the kid a break. He's just enjoying himself. He's being a kid. What's your problem? I mean, I, I, I think you're being really pernickety. If the mum paid any attention, went upstairs ever, she might say the same thing. But she just sat downstairs and pitched about him. So there you go. At least he was brave enough to say what he thought. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of parents. Parents. Talking of parents. Mm. I want to go on to the, and they were called, surname was Glicks. Ah, the Glicks. Yes. So, the two Glick children. Yes, so these are the two what? young boys that uh, yeah. end up becoming vam- vampirized. Yes. Is that a word? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, the two young boys are at 
Oh, a little fellow who's obsessed with deaths because he's written some death series that they're learning put on at school and they're rehearsing their lines. A pageant. Death pageant. Mm. So they decide to go home, the two Glick boys. Yeah. And they go into the woods, I the know. two Glick I mean, boys. Ridiculous. Uh, as a shortcut. Uh, it's not that ridiculous. I've lived in places that are near woods. Kids do it. But then older boy Glick. Yeah. Um, is separated from younger boy Glick. Yeah. Because the fog yeah. comes across. Yeah. Younger boy Glick is missing. Yeah. Then older boy Glick turns up at the house. Yeah. Passes out and then dies or whatever. Yeah. Well, they think he's got pernicious yeah. anemia. Yeah. No one ever mentions younger boy Glick again. The parents just mourn, even the mum, she just mourns the boy she's lost. They never mention the the actual lost child that could still be alive. Well, there is, there is, there is, a, there is that short scene where they're out searching, isn't there? Yeah, no, I know that. But no one ever, ever, ever seems to mention the lost click. Yeah, well, I, well, I think this is where I was trying to get to when I was sort of saying about it being a miniseries versus sort of being scripted as a film because I feel like there's so many different threads going on here. Sometimes things kind of fritter away or by the time you come back to them, you've kind of forgotten that that had happened anyway. Yeah. And a prime example for me was David Soul's character uh, starts to romance the local girl, Susan. Yeah, he who, does. Who clearly has a faded love affair with a local plumber. I think you'll find it was a New York cop that she ended up um, separating from to move to LA to work for the Nakatomi Corporation before he went to rescue her one Christmas when he found out she'd changed her surname back to her maiden name, Janeiro. How excited yeah. were you when you saw it was... Holly Janeiro, from yeah. Die Hard. <laughs> yeah, it was. She looked, she looked really young, didn't she? Yeah, she did. And yeah. I thought, well, when was Die Hard? 80? Like, can't have been... She must have been young. She wanted to go to the lake to do it all the time. She did. She was obsessed with going to the lake. I mean, the man was renting a hotel room. Why are we going to the lake? Oh, no, but, like, I don't think he could have brought her back there. It was, like, the local boarding house. I don't think that the uh, landlady would have been approving of... Oh, Slap and tickle in, I mean, it's under her roof. Called discretion because I'm paying you, but you know. Mm. Anyway, I don't mean the girl. <laughs> I, mean, I mean the boarding. <laughs> yeah. Just, just to clarify. Um, no, what I was going to say was, um, so she she'd obviously previously been dating this local plumber guy. Who, yeah, what was his name? Petri face or something? No, I can't remember what his name was. But he didn't take kindly to the fact that no, David Soul would turn up and not. you know, wooed his girl away. Well, she told him she loved him, like that, a year ago. That was a long time ago. Um, so that happens and then we never, we don't see that character again. Yeah. Quite, quite a long period sort of goes yeah. by. And then David Soul goes back to his boarding house and the man leaps out from behind, um, like a partition. Yeah. And beats him up. Yeah. Hospitalizes yeah. him overnight. Just as his best served cold. And it's just like things like that. It was kind of, yeah, I think because of this sort of mini series element to it. But there were only two parts. It yeah, wasn't I know, a six-part miniseries. Oh, God, I two. can't get that in my head. I kind of feel like now everything's split into multiple things. Yeah. Well, then they should have fixed that in the script because it was ridiculous. Yeah, Either it was, it just felt very um, expository to just get David Soul into the hospital. and. It's nice to see you so passionate about it. There were a few things. Passione. Passione. There were a few things. Mm. 
that didn't make sense in the script. You know, it was like that whole affair between Boom Boom or whatever her name was and yeah. the real estate guy. Yeah. Like, in the end, what seemed to happen was Big Bad Bear or whatever his name was, her, her husband, husband yeah. caught him, pretended to shoot the real, the real estate guy and told him to get lost and and then beat up his wife mm. and they left town. Mm. Exactly. It didn't Well, those people shouldn't be getting away with not exactly, being vampires. Exactly. They're there was the ones no... who would normally always become vampires, probably first. Yeah, I agree with you. It was kind of um because I thought that little subplot was actually really well done. Yeah. And really interesting. And I found when when he came home and found them together having the affair. Yeah. Um and like you said, he had the shotgun yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know, the fallout of the whole thing. Um I thought that was incredibly disturbing i thought that was almost more horrific than some of the horror stuff that was going on yeah, you know yeah, the idea that this guy was gonna yeah. just you know kill and obviously um he kicks him out of the house in his pants yeah um and he comes face to face with a vampire and is yeah, killed yeah, yeah. um but then like you say they the only time you see them again is a very cursory they're driving through town and the back of their trucks loaded up so they've yeah. clearly just left town yeah, yeah it felt like um, unresolved for me. I felt like I needed a little bit more of. Yeah, no, I agree with they that. They should have been caught on the outskirts of town and mauled to death. Well, that sounds lovely. Well, I suppose um, she hadn't really. Yeah, maybe not her. Maybe let's move. Ten. Let's move on because we could talk about that sort of thing all day. So the next thing I want to bring up is the music. The music. I bloody love the music in this. I mean, Again, you love the music in everything. Yeah, but it was very much like kind of Night of the Living Dead. It told you exactly what you should mm. be feeling. It mm. told you when you should be feeling it. I even wrote down, you don't get enough dramatic music fading to black anymore. <laughs> well, you just you don't. don't. You just don't. Um, I just thought it was really... I love an orchestral score. I love the fact there was a lot of strings in it. I love the fact it was big. You know, small environment, but with big music. Yeah. I just thought it was really well done, really clever, especially for TV. Mm. You know, usually TV would be a bit, yeah. Well, they had quite a hefty, hefty budget. Apparently, they had a four million budget for this. Well, yeah, I suppose that's which seems quite good, quite but epic. Then... And they did to to back up your uh, appreciation of the music. Um, they were nominated for three primetime Emmys. One of which was for music composition. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. Mm. It was bloody brilliant. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely brilliant. And I thought, you know, even in the house, just the atmosphere of it, a lot of the time you didn't even notice it was there. And then you did, and you're like, oh, yeah, mm. you know, you, oh, what's going to happen? Well, you only feel like that. I mean, if it's two people talking in a kitchen, you wouldn't feel like yeah, that unless yeah, yeah. it's like, oh. Yeah. So I thought the music really lifted the whole thing. So well done, Tobe. Good choice. <laughs> Good choice. I tell you, if I bump into him at the pub, I'm going to tell him. You're going to, going to say, mate. I'm going to say, Tobe, fella, love that. And you frighten the shit out of me, so double bubble, well done. Actually, I'm not sure he's alive anymore, is he? I have no idea. Let's not look that up now. <laughs> sorry, if he, yeah. uh, sorry if he is. <laughs> I'm not trying to prematurely uh, I know, finish right? you off. I know. Um, and then the other thing I really wanted to talk about Sorry, I know it was a short shout out to the music, but it had to be done. Yeah, no, that's fine. The other thing I really wanted... We know you love a bit of music, Brian. I really wanted to talk about is James Mason. Mr. Mason. What a fucking legend. Mm. I mean, that man... My God, what a genius. Yeah, no, he was brilliant, I mean, everything about him was fantastic. 
he was just that ass. I mean, some of his lines were beautiful. I don't know whether he wrote them or got, like that one about ciao. Ciao, that's Italian. Yeah. And the guy, oh, I, I didn't, didn't know, know you were Italian. No, the word is, <laughs> I'm not. I mean, it's just like Yeah, that awesome. was excellent. Um, and I, I just loved how he spoke down to people, how he talked about Mr. Barlow or whatever his business partner was. Yeah, Mr. Was. Barlow. Oh, yeah, well, he's just travelling. He'll be here soon. All this Always kind be of... dubious of, of, you know... And it was that kind people of... People really... that never appear. He played it really well, that passive-aggressive, condescending English way. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, British guy. It was beautifully done. The only other thing that outshone the Britishness of him was the fact that when you're bitten by a vampire, mm. you immediately inherit British teeth. <laughs> I don't know if you saw everybody's teeth. <laughs> yeah, they suddenly all yellow were like... <laughs> and jacked. And it's like, yeah, you just get British teeth. I mean, there's worse side effects, right? Well, that's true. That is true. You're but right, no. though. I really, I know, I really, really enjoyed James Mason. I thought his performance was excellent. Yeah. But you've you've also now just made me think. Um, well, what did did we discover if his suit did have a tear in it or not? No, because that didn't get resolved either. So they no. find a little piece of black. Um, well, that was brilliant. There's a little when they're out searching for the missing boy. Yeah. There's a piece of black um, material on a bush, caught yeah. on a corner bush. Yeah. David Soul goes to touch it, and the police constable comes oh, yeah. over and goes, "Don't touch that!" and calls to one of his you know sergeants to get him a bag. And then immediately handles it, not yeah, just touches yeah. it, like proper handles it. Um, and because it's black material, they get James Mason to bring in his black suits because obviously they think, aha. Yeah. Well, know. David Soul throws him straight under the bus. Well, he wears black suits all the time. I mean, I'm not surprised. I would have done as well. Yeah. The man was giving dodgy vibes. Um, so he brings the black suits into the into the uh, station. Yeah. The police constable takes a quick look at them. We, then that train of thought and that plot well, is he was dropped them off completely. To the FBI, yeah, but, but what happened? Did they come back from the FBI? What, we what? never found out. But James Mason, again, brilliant. I didn't have to bring these in, send them away. I expect them to come back clean and pressed. And it was oh like, god. oh my god. I would love to be so sort of pompous and. It was amazing. Wouldn't it? I need it to be more of that. It was amazing. Life, and don't get me wrong, it was good script writing as well, but it was absolutely mm. amazingly mm. played. Mm. And I thought, even at the end, he was so good that even at the very end where he grabbed the guy by the shoulders and picked him up in the air. Oh, yeah. And impaled him on that. Yeah, see, that was quite Texas Chainsery, I thought. But I still believed it. Even yeah, though yeah, it was yeah. James Mason yeah. picking him up by his shoulders, I thought, that superhuman human strength, I believe. But did we, do we, so what's your take on that? Because obviously, like, David Soul was, was saying um, he's he's just a normal mortal, yeah, yeah. you know. He's he's the minion for yeah. um, the master. Uh, he's just a normal mortal, so we can kill him any which way we want. But he appeared to have superhuman strength in that he picked up Bill and impaled him on these spears. Yeah. And then David Soul had to shoot at him like six or seven times. But I think there has to be some benefits to working for a man like the master. So he gets like what? Superhuman strength? Um, I reckon... Never ending life? Something. I reckon something like superhuman strength. But I think it's quite possible. Just faith. He has such faith in what he's doing. Like people... Like George Michael. Yeah. No, but people who have incredible faith can do some amazing things. Mm. Be it flip cars off their kids or, mm. you know, face down 
gangs of people with nothing more than their religious text that they believe in and, and manage to get away with it. I like it. it, I like it. So he was... And he does question even the priest's faith, doesn't he, against the masters. He looks maniacal. He's like, the master wants you. Yeah, it's true. Your faith against his. And I think I was prepared to buy it mm. anyway because James Mason was so good. Mm. He was so good. I just absolutely loved him in it. I thought it was fantastic. He almost had that priest's air about him. Mm. And the way he walked around the hat he wore. And mm. just, I just thought he was a sort of, you know, a cut above most of the people. And there was a hell of a cast in Well, there. that's what I was going to say. Like, ev- pretty much everyone in this was recognisable. Holly like, Gennaro. <laughs> Gennaro. Like, you wouldn't necessarily be able to tell, say exactly what they were from. Yeah. But they were such familiar faces. Yeah. Obviously, um, Holly from Die Hard. Obviously, uh, lady from Dr. Quinn. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Lewis, who played Mike, the uh, cemetery guy. Yeah. Um, from My Name is Earl and Every Which Way But Loose. Yeah. Um, the constable. I mean, he was super familiar. He's yeah. been in Murder, She Wrote, Magnum, Kojak, Stepford Wives. Yeah, yeah, Starsky yeah. and Hutch. Yeah. Um, so many. There was a huge, recognizable faces. cast of yeah. people. Yeah. The obviously have gone on to do amazing things. Mm. But yeah, I just thought it was really, you could see it was really, really, really well done. And maybe that's why it frightened me so much as a kid, because even the Nosferatu looking guy, yeah, I mean, that to me didn't look very plasticky. It looked really good considering it was practical. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, well, I was reading that apparently they had quite a lot of um, problems with the makeup and the contacts and everything. Yeah. They had to kind of stop shooting and keep reapplying it because it was kind of coming off yeah. and it was all a bit of a nightmare. Um, but yeah, it was... I wasn't expecting the master to look like that. No. I didn't... Like I said, I didn't really know anything about this film apart from your vague um, recollection that there was a kid tapping at the window. Yeah. So I didn't know that we were going to get a vampire that looked so, yeah... Demonic Nosferatu kind of, yeah, creepy villain. Yeah. Um, and apparently that was the producer that wanted to go down that route. Nice. Um, well, good show. Yeah. The original screenplay um, had had him as more of a, a sort of cultured human looking villain. Well, I saw a, a tiny clip. I don't know whether it's a trailer or a preamble for the one that's coming out in September. Mm-hmm. Villain is incredibly similar. Oh, really? They've stayed yeah, with that yeah. kind of look. Yeah. yeah. yeah Which yeah, is yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And then I suppose the last thing really is something that you get in all horror films, but it's something you find in life. Why do girls always have to go against what they've been asked to do, interfere and put themselves in danger and risk everybody else? Is it always girls that do that, Brian? Yes. I mean, I don't think that's necessarily true. Well, tell Susan that. Well, yeah, I mean, she did. The reason. Stay away from the house, Susan. All you got to do is stay away from the house. Get out of town, stay away from the house. Okay. Going up in, to the her, house. in her defense, though, she went into the house to bring the little boy back out. Why? Well, because he was in danger. He... And what was she going to do? Big, tough Susan. Maternal. Was she fight the vampires. Maternal and... instinct, you know, to run in there to save this young child. Rubbish. Let him go in and die if that's what he's going to do. Well, yeah, we all know you would. You've made it perfectly clear in previous episodes of this podcast that you would throw your mates under the bus. I, hey, he wasn't my mate. He's a lunatic with a couple of tent poles. I'm not following him into the house. I call the police. They turn up. That's what they're paid for. They go into the house. Oh, yeah. Well, you'd have been long gone. You'd have been like the sheriff, uh, the constable. You'd have been out of Salem's lot two weeks prior, wouldn't you? As oh. soon as the first person had turned yeah, up. Yeah, to be fair. 
Yeah, as soon as the first person went a bit funky with the contacts. <laughs> went a bit funky with the contacts. Go on. I'd have been in the Fiesta. You've got, you've got an eye infection there, Steve. What's going been, on? Yeah, I'd have been in that Fiesta and we'd have been hitting the road. <laughs> Done. Well, I think it was perfectly plausible as to why she ran into the house, to be perfectly honest with you. So you were cool with it? Well, yeah, it made sense. It didn't make sense that David Soule made no attempt to look for her after he'd killed But she was the laying master. on the floor next to the master's coffin. Was she? Yeah, she was. Oh, okay, I didn't see her. Her outfit was on like the right-hand side, and but he never checked whether she no, was... No, I didn't, I didn't see that. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Obviously, I could see the bodies lying around his, his coffin, but yeah, I didn't yeah, yeah. see her. Yeah. Okay. And and I but even still he didn't check anything. So when he was like, "Forgive me," and he just set fire to the house, it was like, "Wow, man!" You didn't even just see whether she was unconscious and asleep, waiting for the master to get up when it went to sundown. Maybe he saw her teeth and he knew she'd already ah, been. Yeah, there. he probably thought he was yeah, like, "She's British. either a vampire or that's her British cousin." She, yeah, <laughs> she's either a vampire or she's British. Either way, I'm out. Yeah, I'm out of here. I'm out of here, man. I'm out of here. No, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, and Good. apparently for a 400 page novel. I think they did pretty well to they didn't uh, do too bad. condense that all into three hours and two minutes. No, no, they, they Your did Your face really when we realised it was a I long know. Well, you were like, I thought this was like an hour and 30. I honestly thought I'd smashed it. I thought we got us a short one. But I really enjoyed it. I, I really, really enjoyed I enjoyed it. it. I, I did, I did. Much more than I thought I was going to, I'll be honest with you. And I cannot express to people at home how much of an effect this film has had on my life. To the point where I didn't want to watch horror films for years. Yeah. Where I've always been a bit, about horror. It was amazing. So what have you learned here today, Brian? That I was an idiot when I was a kid. Uh, well, okay, that's a bit harsh. I wasn't going to say that. No, obviously. Or, or I should what? never have been taken to that event. I call it an event, person's <laughs> house, where I watch, watch this film, and, and and I should have just watched it again. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, just learn to exorcise your demons, nice, rather than just burying them. Sometimes you just have to avoid life. <laughs> it's never a good. Follow my wisdom. Sorry, I Shanae. will lead you to the path. Oh my god, you sound like a cult leader. That does sound a little cult, doesn't it? Yeah. Just Do you want to join bit. my cult? No, not right now. Give me a fact. Let's have another fact, you please. You want another fact? Yes, I do. Oh, my goodness. You're normally telling me to calm down on my facts. I know, I know. Um, so, 2004 saw another adaptation of Salem's Lot. Okay. Another miniseries. Okay. And this time we had Mr. Rob Lowe. Yeah. In the David Toll. Uh, okay, that film. works. And Mr. Donald Sutherland. Okay. Uh, in the James Mason role. Okay. Yeah, so I, I thought that was quite interesting. Quite well. um, I haven't seen it. I didn't get time to watch the trailer. I did see the poster for it, though. Yeah. Didn't do much for me, I'll be honest with you. Oh, really? No. No. It was a bit... Mm, yeah. Didn't, didn't really sort of... And as you've said, we, there is an upcoming um, film adaptation. Yeah, yeah. Um, from the director of Annabelle Comes Home... Um, and the writer of it. Okay, so that should so be that's quite got cool. quite pedigree behind it. Yeah, um, I agree with you. There weren't any names there that particularly jumped out at me. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? It'll be interesting. I, I actually would definitely go and watch it though. Well, to see what they do with it. You know, the one things I've learned from is you can do a horror version of Murder She Wrote. This is it. Do, 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 I know. You should always close your curtains at night because oh, you don't yeah, have to deal with anything. Point. Everybody slept with the curtains open. If they'd have all had the curtains closed, you'd have gone, what's that noise? Huh? I'll be honest with you. I you think that's the major, that. my major takeaway from this film or this story. Yeah. Close your bloody curtains. Yeah. And also, 
I mean, those big windows seem nice. Yeah. A little bit too easy to let particularly children float in through. Agreed. And the last thing is corridors are really creepy. Oh, yeah. Yes. As are rocking chairs. Didn't yeah, like well, that. particularly if they're moving on their own, yeah. Um, well, no, I meant even the guy, the the guy from every which way, but you or whatever. Oh, yeah, the cemetery was sitting guy in the rocking was sitting chair. in the rocking that chair, all vampired up. That was quite creepy. Yeah, actually, yeah. Um, yeah, actually, I think this has creeped me out a little bit more than I thought. Oh, yeah. there you go. Don't have dreams tonight, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be sleeping like a baby and you'll just be listening out for the window. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I mean, I, you know, there you go. I'm really... You know, I feel like I've been cleansed. I've been cleansed. I am so happy that season one has ended with a film that I have looked at the devil straight in the eye and he's gone, it's all right, big guy. You've survived. We're not that scary. I'm so pleased for you. I am really pleased for me. Okay, so now my challenge for season two is to find something that really is going to shit you up. Oh, great. Yeah, Um, go for it. So. Brave. Reasons to dump you. Well, I don't think I've given you any, really. I don't think you've given me a lot. No. There is one. I still think that dad was a dream crusher, though. So there is one. Probably two. Go on. Well, the first... No, I'm going to say two. Cause <laughs> That's fine, sec- you can say one. Well, the second one is now the first one. <laughs> which you've just basically added to. You keep calling the dad the dream crusher. Yeah, I mean, he was a dream crusher. Okay, great. The mum didn't communicate with the child at all. Oh, for goodness sake. No, but you will always pick on the male. Always. Absolutely always. untrue. Where was the mum? When did she talk to the child? When? When did she talk to him? When? Well, well I don't know. I mean, it wasn't... No, exactly. The dad always went upstairs. The dad was the loving member of the family. Oh, he might not please. have understood the child, but he trying. The wife just sat downstairs with drinking gin. But according to you, that's cool. Well, I mean, you've made that up because we never saw her with a bottle of gin once. Well, if my mother was here, she'd back me up. <laughs> There's a reason I'm her special soldier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and the second reason, and this is a bigger reason than the first one, is every time sort of there was a big moment, I heard this <laughs> from next to me. A little giggle, a little laugh. You did it a few times. It wound me up. It annoyed me. I'll be honest, I thought, just watch the bloody film, stop laughing at it. This is a genius piece of cinema that scared the crap out of me and I don't want to hear people laughing at it. I think I only laughed at moments that warranted it. You're not listening. You're supposed to support me. I spent 30 years in denial. More. 36 years in denial. I mean... I lived a life petrified of this film. Thanks to a certain lady who didn't live too far from my mother who decided to take me to watch it one night. <laughs> and now I'm free. And you laugh at that. And I'm free. I, Sorry, I was banging on my pen. I mean, I'm watching it as a 40-something-year-old woman, Brian. So I think, you know, a little snigger here and there is, is perfectly in keeping. Okay, fine. You're allowed a little giggle now and again. So there's my two reasons. One and a half, I suppose. Not a lot, considering I thought there'd be lots. <laughs> well, sorry to disappoint you. Well, yeah, I am a little bit upset, especially the last one of the season. I should still be reading them out in an hour's time. Number 48. <laughs> so, there you go. That's the end of this season. Oh season my one God. is done. But we are coming back. We've done 10 films apiece. We have. I've brought 
absolute stunners to the table. Yep. You've brought films to the table. I can only imagine what season two is going to bring. I can just tell you this. We're going to reminisce some more. Oh, yeah. Me too, I think. Me too. Yeah. 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 I've got some doozies from the back catalogue that I think need to yeah. need to come out. I don't think I've guns. been brave enough sometimes with my, uh, my era's films. But there are also a lot more kind of... I don't know. They're probably a bit more obvious, but they're going to be great. And and I think we're both going to enjoy watching them. They're going to be cool. They're going to be really cool. Well, I look forward to that then. I look forward to... Um, so do I. No no reasons to dump you next season. Imagine. I mean, that's not Season two just got dumpier. No, <laughs> that's a bit like poo, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Like reasons to dump gonna... <laughs> you too. The reasons... More reasons to dump <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. What about our score? You haven't you haven't oh, um, yes, yes, moved so on to the VHS score. So for VHS this film. score for this film, it has its flaws. Obviously, it's out of date. Um, it was made for TV, so there's these like fades to black that were for the adverts. Yeah, some dodgy sort of freeze frame moments as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but generally, I really enjoyed it. I really loved it. I was really freed by seeing it and enjoying. <laughs> I it. was free. By seeing it, I love it. So that. for that reason alone, it's getting half a point more than it probably should. I'm going to give it three and a half out of five. Boom! Yeah, yeah, and that extra half a point is because of my freedom. Oh my god! Do you feel like Elsa from uh, Frozen? I don't... let it go, let it go. Okay, I've never seen it. Well, now you can just let it go. Oh, brilliant! Um. 3.5 VHS tapes. That's what I'm giving. I am giving Salem's Lot, 1979, yeah. starring Starsky, David Soul. Was he Starsky? Yeah. Oh, okay. He was amazing, by the way. And I loved his jewellery and his glasses smashed it. I Just know. Just saying. Yeah. Don't go and buy them, though, will Oh, you? I'll buy all of it. I'm giving it three vhs tapes that's fair that's very, very i think fair. that is a very solid fair score and you know what six and a half for a three hour two minute film mm-hmm. that was made in 1979 mm-hmm. is two mini series episodes pushed together mm-hmm. that's bloody good scoring yeah i think so i think so honestly it impressed me more than i thought it was gonna thought it was going to Bravo, Mr. King, on your story. Bravo. Bravo, Mr. Hooper, on your direction. Bravo. Bravo, Mr. Uh, Kovritz, on your producing. Oh, bravo. And Mr. Monash, on your screenplay. Bravo. And bravo, Mr. Soul, and Mr. Mason. Oh, bravo, everyone. Bravo. Bravo you, Brian. Bravo you, Sinead. I'm looking forward. So next week, we'll have a little quick break. Yes, just the one. And then we'll be back the week after that with season deux. Part de, mm-hmm. we will indeed, which will be better than ever. And um, yes, look out for a little mini trailer maybe coming out. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we will see you all then. So in the meantime, Sinead. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed, please rate us five stars wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Instagram at reasons underscore pod. And don't forget, if you're like me and an old fashioned hardbacker, you can still walk up to someone in the face and say, <laughs> Do you know what? Have you heard reasons? Bloody brills. Grab their phone off them, open their Spotify, go on to Reasons to Dump You, Click subscribe them to it, throw their phone back at them and threaten them that if they take it off their phone subscription, you personally will go back to them. I mean, that's not too much to ask. I like that, Brian. Soft tactics. Yeah, exactly. The nice, softly, softly approach. (laughs) 
maybe don't take it. No, it's maybe don't do that. But, you know, you could recommend it. Yeah, yeah, that's... It's <laughs> one way to go. Thank you very much, Brian. Thank you very much, Sinead. And I look forward to our next Reasons to Dump You podcast. Me too. I shall go and uh, tap on the window now. Nice. That doesn't sound anything like a tap on the window. It sounds like you're banging the table. It will do at two o'clock this morning when oh, I'm yeah, doing that's it. That's true. Okay. See you later, everyone. Bye. Bye.